There are people who use crystal bowls, so that's another mode of sound therapy. People who use tuning forks, that's another alternate sound therapy. Music was never invented or discovered, but is something that is innate in us all. It comes as no surprise then that sound has been used in various cultures for centuries as a healing tool to cure many ailments. Today, music is utilized in medicine and spiritual growth. While it is still considered an alternative medical practice, there is some evidence to suggest that it helps improve our emotional and psychological health. In this episode, we'll be speaking to Nidhi Bilani. Nidhi is a certified sound therapist. She was trained in Nepal near the Himalayas and is trained in the practice of ancient Tibetan healing bowls. Through personal and group sessions, Nidhi offers various types of sound therapies, including for relaxation, detoxification, and energy balancing. I very much look forward to having Nidhi join us today for the episode with Shifter Chubra. Talk about what is sound therapy. So hi, Nidhi. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of Shift with Shubra and to find out all there is to know about sound therapy or sound healing. So could you maybe share a little bit about what exactly is sound therapy? Would you call it sound healing or is it sound therapy? And what are the different types that exist and why do they exist? Like what are their main benefits? Oh, first of all, thank you for having me. <laughs> it's an amazing thing that you're doing, connecting people where uh, people can actually tap onto each other's potential and see what other people are doing out there. And I mean, I think it's really important. Mm. So uh, for me, I actually would want to call it sound healing, to be very honest with you. But I call it sound therapy <laughs> only because yeah. the word healing is not very easily digested by everyone. Healing right. is something that, that people can actually relate to, you know, who have been in alternate, who have really been working with alternate modes of healing and things like that. So for, for most people who just want to experience sound, I usually refer to it as sound therapy. But so there are a lot of different sound therapies. And for the purpose of today's episode, we will refer to it as sound therapy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so that everyone can relate to it. Yeah, there are actually a lot of different sound therapies. There are a lot of different sound therapists as well. So I particularly do sound therapies with Tibetan bowls, mm-hmm. which are these. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have gongs and tinshas. That's what I use. So this is my tinsha. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, uh, but, but of course, as I said, there are people who use crystal bowls. So that's another mode of sound therapy. People who use tuning forks. That's another alternate sound therapy. Or chanting, actually. Chanting in itself is actually... A form of sound therapy, of course, yeah. Yeah. Actually, for that matter of fact, I totally believe that sound is all around us. Sound is within us. So at any point in time, we're actually <laughs> healing ourselves with the sounds. It's just that we sometimes use it externally, sometimes we use it internally. And what can sound therapy do? So, I mean, for example, you're using gongs, bowls, and tinctures. Do each one sort of affect a person differently? Like it benefit is slightly different? Can you explain a little bit more? Sure. So maybe let's start with uh, with a little bit of physics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes, you know, teacher. Yes. <laughs> I was terrible at physics, but yes, try me. 
<laughs> so, you know, everything vibrates at the end of the day, right? Yes. You know that, right? In, in, in fact, quantum physics describes that everything is basically connected with just vibrating strings of energy, right? Like even the rocking chair, even sitting, me talking, whatever, everything, everything is basically sound, right? Yes. So at the end of the day, right, everything we hear or we do not hear basically has sound. And that sound is called resonance. And the frequency at which an object basically naturally vibrates. Mm. Similarly, our bodies also vibrate at a certain frequency. We're constantly vibrating at a certain frequency. Now, depending upon our lifestyle, depending upon what we eat, what we don't eat, what kind of thoughts do we have, positive, negative, uh, basically our bodies vibrate at a certain frequency. So sometimes when we have negative thoughts, our bodies probably don't vibrate at such a high frequency or optimal frequency. Or sometimes when we have great positive thoughts, you know, then we operate at a higher frequency. So basically using uh, potentials or, you know, tuning forks or bowls, whatever that produces these kind of sounds, they basically resonate at a certain frequency. Mm -hmm. They resonate at a certain frequency. That frequency is basically sort of an optimum frequency that you would want to align your bodies to because that frequency is known as a healing frequency. Right, so okay. when, when you play basically a sound from a tension, the, the kind of resonance of the frequency that the thing is vibrating at is considered to be an optimum frequency for healing, for that matter of fact. And then when your body basically receives that frequency, it, try, it tries to resonate. So that's what happens, right? Sound, sound, it tries to balance it out. So that's mm. the main purpose and that's how our bodies. Are. So when somebody's feeling really down, when somebody's energy is not probably, you know, or the energy is not flowing at an optimum level, and if we go down into talking about energy, then basically it's the chakra, the energy that we have on the chakra level and stuff like that. So, so that's what we want to do. So when we play these bowls, tinshas, or everything, we're basically trying to align the energy of your body. If you want to go a little bit deeper, we're basically trying to align different energies at different energy centers, the chakras that we have in our body, through chakra, heart chakra, our solar plexus, our, our throat chakra. And are there different sounds and frequencies? Like, is there lower for the lower parts of your body of the of the energy centers? Is it higher as you go higher? Like, is there a slight difference that way? Yes, of course, of course. When you're trying to relate to the lower chakras, you would want to play certain sounds. And when you're trying to relate to higher chakras, you would play certain sounds. Now, this is very different for people who are doing different therapies again. And depends on, on what mode of therapy that you're using as well. So for me, where I learned actually sound healing from was a place in Nepal. And they are actually called sound planetarium. So okay. the way they actually align the bowls and everything is basically based on the names of the planets. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so they have like the bowl that I use for grounding is basically called an earth bowl. Okay. Because that is basically the frequency that this bowl resonates at. And it relates more to the grounding energy of the root chakra, basically the lower chakras. But when it comes to, for example, uh, the one that I use for third eye or probably throat chakra is called SRI or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that's how they basically have been. Uh, that, that's how I learned it and that's how I practice it. But yes, you very rightly said the different frequencies for different chakras. And depending upon what do you want to tune or align your client to, you would probably uh, use different sounds. So what kinds of benefit? Because I know relaxation is one of the first things that most people think about. It's like, oh listen to sound you know like people listen to music to relax and chill out and yeah. it, I, I would imagine sound therapy is also for relaxation for example but what other ailments can it help with what other benefits can it do okay so so primarily what usually these sounds do is we all know about brain waves right when we're actually meditating our brain actually goes into or when we're sleeping or when we're into deep sleep basically different right. theta to theta 
right? Yeah. So theta is an ideal zone where we want to be when it comes to relaxation. So that's that's what primarily most sounds do when they play at certain frequencies. They actually entrain your brain waves. the theta yeah. state, yeah. Mm. yeah. So they get you into the theta zone. Uh, so when you're in that theta zone, you're basically, and of course that is where you unconsciously release the healing power, right? And yeah. I guess you would know it more than I do because of the sleep therapy. <laughs> It's both. It's it's definitely both. It's both in theta and it's in delta, which is the more deeper end of sleep, which is also for your yeah. physical body and stuff. But yes, yeah, so in right. theta, that's where yeah, your unconscious is releasing some healing already because it's the most suggestive state right. as well. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So that's what it does. It basically puts you in that state to begin with, where you could have more focus, you could have more clarity, and you could basically you know connect with your unconscious at the end of the day. So of course, at the end of the day, the most beneficial thing would be to get more relaxation to feel yeah. more at ease and at the same time you know emotionally a little bit more comfortable not so draining so especially people who feel anxiety people mm. who are you know who, who deal with things like they're always nervous and things like that or for that matter of fact we're always always you know very stressed out so uh, these are the people who would probably feel the most benefit however we can definitely go a little bit deeper with these kind of therapies because i do have a lot of different therapies from crisis management to aura management to actually even PMS, people who actually have PMS related issues. So when we play balls in a certain frequency, we play balls in certain different parts of the body, we could actually reach out to deeper levels and we, we definitely do different therapies. So we start off with relaxation, but then based, in, based on what the client really wants to do and you know how they want to deal with certain situations, then we progress with different therapies. What kind of ailments do people, so you mentioned PMS, for example, relaxation, anxiety. What other issues have people, have your clients come to you with when they want to, where you've used sound therapy on them? So as I said, issues can be on any level. They could be physical, mental, or emotional levels. So I have people who've come up with me by telling me that they had uh, some sort a stomach disorder. I, right. I had one client who had issues with her digestion in general. So she, she always had upset stomach. So we did a combination of actually sound therapy plus oils to help her with that because her digestion issues were not just because she was physically not consuming the right food or probably not eating at the right time. Actually, she's one of the most healthy people that I know. <laughs> and, and she's taking regular meals and things like that. But she is very, very emotionally traumatized with what's happening in her relationship at this point in time. And that was basically direct, you know, kind of impacting her digestive issues. So, so you know how it is when we, when we have emotional issues, they actually reflect on the physical level and we don't even yeah. realize it. So that's what was happening with her. So we, we did a couple of therapies where we actually helped her help with relaxation. We did a little bit of grounding for her because mm -hmm. she was kind of all over the place. And we did a bit of crisis management to help her out with the relationship issues. And we topped it up with oils. And she actually told me yeah, that, that she feels definitely much better with her digestive issues at this point in time. And we're still in the therapy at this point in time. So. so we talked about sound therapy and obviously its benefits and things like that. Is there a particular time of the day that people should be, like if they come to you to do sound therapy, can you do sound therapy on your own? Like, can people just go and buy a bowl and then just do it? Like, does it have to always be with a sound therapist or a certified sound person in sound therapy? I wouldn't say that you have to have someone else doing it for you. You could definitely do it for yourself. But it's just that if you're constantly engaging with the fact that you have to hit the bowl, then you might not be able to engage with yourself because mm. you have to be constantly coming out of your unconsciousness. Because... As I said, you know, we, we are able to connect with ourselves at a very unconscious level most of the times. We can't do it on a very conscious level all the time. So mm. to be able to hit the ball, <laughs> you have to be conscious. And then you have to go back into your unconscious, conscious, unconscious. So it wouldn't be a very easy thing to do. 
Mm. if you want to do it on your own but yes like what I have told you you could play the sounds in the background and then you could use the whole tracks in the way because so you could probably just you know connect with yourself while the bowls are being played in the back but if you want to do it uh, with a bowl it will be a little bit difficult so mm. it's, it's, in that sense I think it's better to have someone doing it for you so right. yeah you, you could reap the benefits of the whole process and if you if someone were to come to you is there a better time to do these therapies in general like could you do it at morning noon at night or are there certain frequencies of certain therapies that you prefer to do at a certain time of day so in general it doesn't really make much of a difference but then of course like for example you know when you do chanting on full moon people mm. say it's much more beneficial because of the, the resonating effect of the vibrations is much higher and things like that but otherwise i personally don't think it makes any difference whether you do it at any time of the day but what really matters is what you're going to do after the therapy <laughs> i think right. that's really important because for example you happen to go through a therapy and then you walk into like a meeting <laughs> where people are shouting at each other i i don't think you'll be able to reap the benefits so you would rather want to do it at a time and a place where you could follow it up with a bit more relaxation where you could spend a little bit of time with yourself, you know, engage with your own right. unconscious to see what have you witnessed. Or, because when you're doing these kind of therapies, right, as I said, it is not just about the physical effects of the vibration that you feel, but a lot of people, like for me personally, when I did the therapy for the first time, I cried, mm. I cried, and I cried so much. Mm. So everybody has a different experience because, as I said, when you're connecting with your unconscious thoughts, there's a lot of things that come up for a lot of people. You know, yeah. because probably those thought thoughts needs to be addressed. Your unconscious mm. is bringing bringing them up to you. Or for that matter of fact, you know, you might uh, you might end up thinking about a few things. So you you will want to engage in those thoughts a little bit. So that's what I would personally feel that people mm. should do. Right. So if you're gonna ever do the session, try to make sure that you haven't got a massive meeting booked right after it. Like have some time yeah. where you can yeah, reflect, time. go with yourself, be with yourself, and you're not like engaging exactly. in like I don't know a rock yeah. party of some kind right after or something. <laughs> yes. Okay. I mean, we 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 touched on this very very briefly because it was a question, but you kind of brought you started talking about it without me asking about it. But could you share how you actually got into sound therapy and like where? you then went to get trained in it? Oh yeah, so for me actually it was a calling. <laughs> and as, as cliche or maybe funny it sounds, <laughs> but I actually do not remember what instigated me. Mm. I only remember that I knew I had to do it. So I got into this whole, you know, alternate healing and everything, I think about six years ago when I chanced upon this course that I was doing, which was to do with unconscious mind. Um, okay. As, so I'm an NLP coach, as you know, mm -hmm. right? So it, it talks about how to use your unconscious and things like that. And that was very, very intriguing, you know, just to understand how your unconscious works. And then one thing led to the other, then I met Arthur Paro, who, who had just started. I was always meditating, even when I was young. I used to have my rose, rosary and I used to do meditation on my own. But then, you know, I learned different kinds of meditation and I went to do a silent retreat. And then I don't know. At some point in time, during this whole time, I just had a calling that I had to learn sound healing. And I don't know if it was a vision, what was it, because I don't really remember it right now, but I, I just remember that I had to learn this. Like, it was not crystal balls, it was not tuning forks, it was just the, the balls and the gongs. Mm. Yeah, so it was just very, very particularly the Tibetan balls. And yeah, and, and I think for the longest time, I couldn't figure it out as to where, where should I do it from, because I went to a couple of people in Singapore, to see how I can learn from them. But there's a Japanese lady here that teaches sound healing. She does retreats in Bali or something. I almost actually booked it. 
And then for some reason, I didn't do it because I think I was supposed to go to Nepal right. yeah. <laughs> to do it. Yeah. And uh, when I actually booked my flights, my flight got canceled. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, and I couldn't go. So yeah. And eventually, I think I, I managed to go. In. So I went to Nepal. There is this place called South Planetarium. Mm. where I learned it from. The reason I actually wanted to learn from there was because of two reasons. One, it was Nepal. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of, this has a huge connection to basically Nepal in general. That was one. And second, they had a very different concept, as I said, you know, they just didn't teach me how to use bowls in different chakras and frequencies. Mm. But they even talked about, you know, how planets, how their movements and everything actually affects our system. So the way they actually have figured out the names for the bowls and everything and how they have different therapies related to the frequency and how you align the bowls and how you play them actually as well. Mm. So for example, when I'm doing a therapy for someone who's doing relaxation, then I'll probably play the bowls maybe in the sequence from base all the way to crown and then crown all the way to the base. But if I'm doing a therapy where I'm doing crisis management, say for example, then I'm not just playing the bowls in that sequence and I'll be probably playing bowls from heart to forward to sacral, then different different bowls. And then you would put the bowls on people, you would put it yes. on the side of people. Yes. It's around and also on the on the person during the therapy yes. in that sense. Yes. Around and on both. Okay. And so when I do group sessions, yeah. sometimes I'm not able to do on the body because mm-hmm. uh, group sessions yeah, don't really allow you. <laughs> I put on you but not on you. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I, I think that's also because I, I have very limited bowls, but I guess mm. if people were to experience these kind of group sessions, if, if yeah. they go to places where everybody gets to experience bowls, then people can definitely experience that in group sessions as well. Awesome. Okay. And so I think in terms of success stories, are there any more that you can share uh, success stories that you've had of clients and how sound therapy has helped them out? So you mentioned about the one Hmm. woman about the digestive issues and stuff. Is there any, I kind of shared as well, my little success story with it as well. (laughs) Are there any other clients that you can share about? Maybe one or two more stories. Sure. So I had another friend of mine who was going through a really bad relationship breakup a few years back. She actually had quite a fair bit of success with the whole therapy. Uh, and also because, you know, my therapies are not just do the session and then you go home. <laughs> my therapies involve a lot of like reflecting, talking and just going back to see how you can work with your thoughts that have come up and things like that. So from that perspective, she actually felt really, really beneficial from the whole therapy. She felt the way she handled the whole situation was much better because yeah. uh, instead of you know fighting, arguing, and having a really bad traumatic experience, she was able to come out of it very, very positively because of the therapy and of course because of the talking and everything that we did. So that was one. Another actually a really good friend of mine. So, so this is actually yeah, this is quite close to my heart as well. I usually don't share it. <laughs> okay. so, so, so there is a friend of mine who was actually not very close, but she's my husband's uh, friend's wife. So mm. she was pregnant at that point in time and we did the therapy she just wanted to experience it and stuff like that and during the therapy I kind of felt that she's very although she looked very happy she looked very happy with the process the baby being born and everything right but somewhere deep down she she had this anxiety because they knew that it's a baby girl (laughs) Mm. but I didn't know that I didn't know that and the, the family actually wanted a boy and they hadn't disclosed it to the family, but the family kept saying that, you know, oh, accepting a boy and things like that. Although everything is great now, everything mm-hmm. is great and they, yeah. they treat the girl fantastically and stuff like that. But she was kind of going through that. And when we did the therapy, I told her that I do 
are you having thoughts about the gender of the baby girl? Mm. She was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, I'm, I'm quite stressed about it. So, so yeah, so that kind of helped her. So I basically, when, when I was doing the therapy, I helped her a little bit with her heart chakra and mm. with her confidence in mm. her heart chakra. So and, and a little bit of her throat chakra as well, so that she could find a little bit of a balance. When mm. later she has to deal with it, if mm. it comes to a point. Wow. Okay. And are there any sort of like do's and don'ts with the sound therapy? Like, can anyone do it at any age? Pregnant women, all of this, like, is there any sort of like people who can't, shouldn't do at any point in time? Yes. Well, before we get to that, I want to share about my dog. (laughs) Yeah. Share about Hibiki. Yes, your dog. Yeah. So I, I personally feel like, I don't know, I think you've noticed this, right? Whenever you come for therapies, he will actually lie under the bed and he will just sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so he really likes it. Like, mm. you know, for most dogs, sound is something that makes them very awake and aware, yeah. right? Because mm. dogs are very, very sensitive to sound in general, right? But whenever he experiences sound healing, he just goes off to sleep. Mm. He finds it very relaxing and he just loves being here and just sleeping. <laughs> and and I and I do feel that in general using oils and using these kind of things around him has definitely made him a calmer dog in comparison right. to other dogs of the size that I have mm. seen in general. And I think you've seen it, right? Whenever you've come here. Yes, he very much. Bark. He's uh, zen. He's totally zened out dog. <laughs> like, And he's only, how old is he now? He's about two, two for us. Yeah, he's only two. So like, I mean, that's still typically young, right? Like as a dog. Yeah. And if you meet my dog, he's skittish still. Like, mm, gotta we got to diffuse more, really. <laughs> But yes, this Hibiki yeah. is so zen. It's like, yeah, it's it's unbelievable, really, how zen he is. Mm. Yeah, you do feel quiet. I feel, I feel the, the oils and the, the whole sound thing is definitely played a part. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so going back uh, to your question about who and who cannot use and who's and don'ts. Mm. In general, there is no negative effect that can happen from the sound therapy. So there is, because you're not dealing with anything on a physical level like you're not injecting anything in in the body Mm. or anything like that so even though you are probably dealing with a physical issue but not physically injecting so you're just playing sounds and the sounds are basically all optimum frequency so they're not like music that you wouldn't want to hear yeah (laughs) so so in general it doesn't have any sort of harmful effect or negative effect to people so there is i wouldn't think that there's anybody who wouldn't want to do it but of course when it comes to people who have any physical issues like in the sense my mom, she can't really lie down for a really long period of time. Like she starts feeling numbness in her legs sometimes. Mm. Then you probably have to, you know, have an alternate mode. She might want to say, or I can't do it for a really long time with her. Like I can't do an hour session with her. I'll probably like break it up into five minutes or 10 minutes and things like that. Uh, for people who have any, like, uh, although I, I put the bowls on the body, but if someone has gone through like a fracture or something like that, and that part of the body is more fragile in comparison to other parts of the body, then obviously I would need to know that. I mean, the bowl is a little heavy. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, bowl yeah. is like about like two fifty grams, <laughs> mm. so I wouldn't want to put it on the part of the body. So uh, that's one. And for pregnant women in general, I wouldn't actually pay very, very close. I wouldn't really put it on them, but I put it on the side at the bottom. And things like that. Mm. So I mean, in, essentially, like a child could do it, an older yeah. person could do it. It just might mean that the placement of the bowls are slightly in different places yes. rather than on the person. And the position of the person instead of lying down, which typically the the therapy requires, is better for the effects for the person to be lying down horizontally. Yeah. Yeah. During the therapy. But then obviously if they cannot, then you do it also when they're sitting. 
as well. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's been so much information. Let's start. Let's like end it with like one more, yes. one more question. <laughs> what is the shift that you want to create in the world through your work for your clients or for the world? I think primarily my my aim of doing all this is just to be able to share my experience because I have reaped a lot of benefit from alternate modes of healing. And I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying that sound healing in general, using words in general, but alternate healing does really help. So I would definitely want people to be a bit more aware of other modes of healing, except for just taking medicines or you know, just injecting themselves on a regular basis to feel healthier. And these kind of therapies help you to connect with yourself a little bit more on an unconscious level, which we don't really do it on a regular basis because most of us can't really sit in meditation. <laughs> we find it very difficult. So when we go to these kind of therapies, uh, you have no choice but to get mm. into a meditative place where you can connect with your unconscious a little bit more. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I, I just want people to be one aware of these therapies that they exist and they shouldn't hesitate to try it because at the end of the day, it allows you to relate to your unconscious a little bit better. Mm. And then you can actually heal your body through different therapies and not just rely on medication. So, so that's, yeah, that, that's the purpose of what I believe. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And I think I resonate very much with the same sort of message as well is that that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is that I want people to understand that there are different therapy modes, you know, modalities that exist out there and, you know, different ones work for different people. So Absolutely. if you're looking for a different modality to help you on your journey of wellness to well-being, then please, please definitely seek out people like Nidhi and all the other practitioners that are featured on this podcast to enhance your life a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Nidhi. I hope everyone has learned a thing or two. I definitely have. But thank you so much for sharing all that you did today. Great. It was really nice to have the experience and an opportunity. <laughs> so thanks for doing that. And yeah, I hope to see you soon. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs>